Hello, beautiful. I'm your host and mindset coach, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story because we believe it's important to have these conversations so that we can learn and grow from one another. So go subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration. You guys, I'm going to be real with you right now. The past couple weeks of my life have been absolutely wild. For those of you guys who are new to the channel, first off, welcome. But just to give you a little backstory, my partner and I had been separated by the border for six months. And just recently, uh, I'm going to be here almost two weeks already, we decided to meet up in the Caribbean. We had this whole grand plan of flying in together, but there were so many curveballs thrown in along the way. If you go and listen to the intro of last week's episode, or if you go and tune into episode 44 and episode 45, you're going to get the complete behind the scene backstory into our relationship and how we sort of manifested each other against all odds. But here we were again in this crazy situation and after six months of not seeing each other and after 10 days of being in a similar space, but having to social distance within that space because of regulations and other wrenches that were thrown into the dynamic. We have both officially been cleared. We have both officially tested negative for COVID. And as of today, we are free. It has been a wild, wild, wild ride. And if I look back at this entire situation, I don't think anything in my life has taught me patience more so than everything that this coronavirus COVID kick has brought into our situation. Actually, maybe the podcast has taught me patience too. No, podcast has taught me consistency. This situation in our relationship has definitely taught me patience and The one thing I can share with you guys is that good things are worth waiting for. Trust that good things are coming even when life feels like it just keeps throwing you curveballs. It is doing it in a sense to guide you to something better. So a month ago when Simon tried to come to the border and I was on pins and needles waiting for him to come and he got denied and deported back to the States, which was you know a potential realistic option. We knew that as much as it hurt in the moment. And as frustrating as it was in the moment and as heartbreaking as it was after, you know, five and a half months of being separated and him taking this big leap of faith to come and it not working out, it didn't work out with that plan because the universe had something better. So today, this afternoon, as soon as he got the call and he was cleared, we literally, we both had a couple hours in our schedule. We just stopped everything we're doing. We're like, we're going to the beach and Grenada is one of the most gorgeous Caribbean islands and they have the most stunning beaches. It's the whitest white sand and most gorgeous turquoise water. And there was just nobody there. And amidst the chaos that is going on globally around the world and amidst all the, you know, just the wild ride that 2020 has been to like top it off with moving to a Caribbean island is just like the sweetest ending for Q4. So um, just, you know, depending on where you are, if you feel like you're in a situation where life is throwing you curveballs, I invite you to look at the situation 
and see what you can do just to remind yourself that there are gifts beyond these things and that there are lessons in those moments too. So I'm really excited. To be honest, Q4, I feel like there's so much happening and I've ramped up for so many different things. Literally the past six months of my quarantine, I felt like I've sort of been in the trenches, in the workflow, in the grind, getting stuff organized, getting things together. And then there's been a million different moving pieces, but they are finally weaving together. So stay tuned because next week we are going to be dropping everything that we have been working on. I'm going to be launching my brand new coaching container. It is unbelievable, you guys. I've put so much of my heart and soul into this program So if you want to be one of the very first people to find out more and have details, reach out on Instagram at Samantha Roberto, and I am more than happy to share all of the goodies there. So on that note, this week's episode, oh my gosh, the conversation with this week's guest was so freaking good. You guys, she knows what's up. So this week I have Allison Rep, who is a licensed therapist and a coach And after years of having private practice, she felt a calling to do something bigger. So she closed up her practice and developed an online program that teaches women the same set of core skills that completely transformed her life and the lives of her clients. So in our conversation, we talk about aligning with your core values, toxic, quote unquote, relationships, and how to create the life that you want. So you guys are going to love Allison, honestly, as soon as we got on the call, and it was a very synchronistic moment. For somehow, I landed on her Instagram page. This is my favorite part of the internet because it just brings people to you sometimes. Maybe you're just brought to this podcast through, you know, searching iTunes or searching Spotify. So it just brings people into your life and, you know, you got to love it for it. Immediately when I saw one of her videos, like I'm really, really curious about it. It was about toxic relationships. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to dive more into toxic friendships and how to navigate what that means and being in those kind of challenging situations. So I absolutely loved her perspective. I absolutely loved everything she brought, you know, to the conversation. And I know that you guys are going to love it too. But before we jump into it, I just sort of want to plant a question in your brain, ask you, do you feel like there's any relationships in your life that you would say are kind of toxic? So just think if there's any relationships that you feel like may be draining you or that there might be this energetic imbalance, go into listening to this episode with that relationship in mind if anybody does come up and see what you get from this conversation and if you get any insights or aha moments from the perspective that Allison shares. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's get to it. Allison, I'm so excited that we're able to pull this together. This is a last minute conversation guided by the universe. Yes, it is. <laughs> we literally connected like a couple of days ago on social media and I ended up having a cancellation. You had a topic that you were talking about that really, really intrigued me. And I was just like, I need to get you on my platform. So thank you for making this work. Yeah, thank you. And I had just been thinking that I wanted to get on more podcasts and you popped up. So it really is 
a gift from the universe. Manifested. So before we jump into the topic and all of, you know, toxic relationships, because I just feel like it's so juicy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into doing this type of work? Yeah. So when I was in college, my undergrad, I was going to be a teacher. I always knew that I loved teaching. And so I was going to be a teacher. And then I went into a classroom one day and I just... The kids didn't even come in yet. And I was like overwhelmed with anxiety. I was like, this is not the right path for me. So I ended up taking some time and I was the assistant for the head of the marriage and family therapy program at my school. And that was when I realized I wanted to be a therapist. So I became a therapist. I got my master's a few years after I graduated from my undergrad. And then I opened a private practice and after having my private practice for years, I just started feeling this calling to do something bigger. I just kept getting a message that I needed to be doing something more than I could helping people one-on-one in a private practice. And so after my second daughter, I had the opportunity to either go back and build up my business. So I always did short-term therapy. So by the time I had my daughter, I didn't have anybody in my client load because I had finished up with them. Um, Because my intention with everybody was always to basically teach them to fish, right? It always Mm -hmm. really upset me when people would come and say, I've been with this other therapist for seven years. Or one time I had a client who had been with their therapist for 25 years. Wow. And, you know, at that point, it's like, well, is the therapist actually helping you? I mean, I'm all for having somebody to talk to, but... I want to teach people to be able to deal with anything that comes their way. So I got to this point where I was going to come back from maternity leave and I thought, well, I could put my effort and energy into building my practice back up, which I know is not what I want to do long-term, or I could take the leap and figure out what this bigger thing is that I keep, you know, getting the message that I need to be doing. So I spent a year and a half trying to figure out what that bigger thing was. And during that, I felt really lost. And I went down all these other paths that had nothing to do with helping people. I was going to be an account manager for a software company for a while. I was going to get my real estate license for a while. And I just felt so lost. And uh, through a series of events, I started down a path of trying to become an in-house therapist for different companies. So, um, or one or two companies. So have you seen the show Billions? No, tell me about it. There's a show called Billions on Showtime and they are hedge fund guys. I don't know the terminology. I'm not in that world, but they had (laughs) an in-house therapist and seeing that, you know, people would come to me and say, oh my gosh, this is you. Like this woman is you. And so I thought, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I chased that for a year and a half and then the pandemic hit um, and nothing had happened with that. I had gone down a few different paths with it and it seemed like things were going to happen and then they didn't. And the pandemic hit and I just had to let go of everything because I have two daughters and they were suddenly at home with me 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And also there suddenly weren't any offices to go into, right? (laughs) For being an in-house therapist. And they're likely, I mean, I think everything's shifting. There likely won't be a lot of that in the future. So 
yeah, I just gave it up and I just focused on being really fully in the present moment. I've always preached to people that when you are dwelling in the future, the unknown future, you're just creating anxiety for yourself. And so I just really focused on being present and setting intentions for a beautiful future. Mm. And I really kind of lived in a bubble of my own. You know, I really like, I didn't watch any of the news. I was just in this blissful bubble with my daughters. Um, my husband always likes to read the news and tell me the worst things that he reads. And I, <laughs> um, I just learned to, to just take it with a grain of salt and say, Oh yeah, interesting and move on. But anyway, I found myself suddenly going down this path of creating this online mindset boot camp for women. And it was the first time in my life that I wasn't trying to make something happen. I can't even tell you how I got to deciding to do it. I just was suddenly doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was the most flow I've ever been in, in my entire life, mm -hmm. which is ironic because I ended up naming it Let Go and Find Flow. Perfect. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. And so I spent two months writing the content and filmed it and then did all the back end work for six weeks. And I just launched last month in August. And I guess by the time you air this, it might not be August <laughs> last <laughs> month, but I launched it August 3rd. And I just have never been so motivated on an ongoing basis in my life. I, like we were talking about before, have, I'm an Enneagram type seven. So I'm always like on to the next thing, but yeah. So I just have gotten to this place. I'm kind of letting go of the therapist title because I was really tired of being associated with the stigma around like therapy only focuses on your past because that's yeah. not, not what I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but all of the skills that I always taught my clients, I mean, it was so easy to put them into this six module boot camp because it always is this core set of skills that I always go back to with my clients because it's like a foundation and it applies to everything in your life. So, and I love that because when you have that foundation, it's like you can teach someone how to fish. Like, you know, you're yep. giving them the tools and the resources to be able to handle whatever life's going to bring to them. Yep. And another thing you said that I absolutely love that I want to highlight is the bubble that you were living in. Like you were living in a bubble of choice. It's like, yes, all of this is happening on the outside. Yes. Like there's this pandemic and there's the news and there's opinions and there's stress, but like yeah. you protected yourself with this bubble and chose what to take on. So even when your husband would like bring it to you, it's like, okay, honey, that's nice. Great. But then you didn't actually let it embody it and feel it. I mean, that's super, mm -hmm. super powerful. Yeah. And it's really difficult because, you know, we're bombarded with so much information and, you know, every other day, especially with the pandemic now, things are changing. And this is just, I just decided to view this as, and I truly believe that this is a time where we get to choose what we're living. And we always have been, but this is a time where we're, we're being kind of pushed to. So you can choose to live in fear and buy into all of the things that the media is saying, or you can choose to create your own reality, you know? Totally. And, and so that's what I chose to do. And you're never going to be fully protected from those, you know, lower vibrational energies. Mm -hmm. but you can protect 
you know, your energy from dropping down into that. Completely agree. A hundred percent. And I think it's so important to protect yourself, especially during these times, because there is so much fear out there. There's so much like fear of uncertainty. And, you know, you can look at it through that lens and intensify that lower vibration, or you can look at it as like, as you have, it's like, look, in the past couple of months since the pandemic, that was actually a blessing for you because it sort of got you like on path doing what you're meant to do and you're fueled and you're motivated. Yeah. Yeah. And it was because I kept my energy protected. And I was always, you know, talking with my family and friends and saying, you know, stop talking about what is right now and think about what has come from this um, that you want to have in your future. And even if you can only think of negative things, take those negative things and flip them on their head and decide what you do want instead of what you don't want, you know? And so we would have lots of conversations about being more caring for others and helpful with others and, um, and being more connected with others and, you know, things like that, that we're all really searching for. And this is our time to be creating a world like that. Everything is crumbling because sometimes you have to, when you're manifesting a new world, which we've all been wanting to do, right? Like we've been complaining for a long time and we have this wave of people who are waking up spiritually and we want something new. We want something better. And the old thing has to crumble first. And that's not always pretty. You know, I always say to people and clients that you can't build a house on top of an existing house. You have to tear down the existing house and then you have a foundation to build that on. And it's not pretty. It's not fun Mm -hmm. all the time. It's hard, you know, but this is our time to just let things crumble and continue to envision that world that we do want. So what advice do you have? Because, you know, your path, like you, you stepped into teaching and then you're in the classroom day one and you're just like, this is not what I want to do. And then, you know, you kind of went on to something else and you went on to something else. So you've been through this rodeo a couple of times. What advice do you have for the woman who is listening, who has been in like her one career and she's just stuck with it. And she's just like, this is not what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. But she's just sort of been in it for so long and has never taken that leap. Mm -hmm. Anything that comes up? Yeah. I mean, there's a few things. Um, I work a lot with, and this is in the boot camp. and I should clarify that I don't do individual uh, sessions anymore. Yeah. I put everything into this boot camp. I'm going to do live boot camps too, but um, there's been some confusion around that. So just clarifying (laughs) that. But I, I've always worked with people. First of all, I mean, you know, this, you've got to listen to your intuition and, and when you start listening to your intuition and looking for the signs and looking for the, I listened to a book called reality transurfing and they call it the wave of fortune, right? So like there's opportunities that come along and you can jump on those. And a lot of times we let fear hold us back, right? Because you've had like the example you were giving, you have this job that you've always had and it's secure, but you don't feel fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't feel happy overall. And so, but we we stay in those positions because we're scared. We're scared of something new. We are in our comfort zone, even though it's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so we don't take those opportunities when they come along. They're always coming along, right? We just have to start focusing our attention on them. And 
a misconception that a lot of people have is that you have to get rid of fear before you can take that leap, right? How many times have you heard people say that, right? Like, I just have to get past this fear. I have to let go of the fear. And the thing is, is that you don't, you just have to bring fear with you. Mm-hmm. And when you do, and you stop letting the fear control you, you realize that it can't actually like take the wheel of your life, right? It, it can't actually control you unless you're allowing it to. And so just bring it with you and be scared and do the thing anyway. You don't have mm-hmm. to get rid of the fear first. And for the people who don't know what they want and, you know, they know that they want something different, they want a different job, a different, um, a different life. They want to figure out their purpose. I always start with core values. I go about values a very different way than most people think of them. Usually people think of them as like morals or shoulds or goals, but your core values are something that you have access to all the time, no matter what the external circumstances are. And it's so empowering and so powerful because you don't have to rely on anything or anybody else to be in alignment with your core values. And when you're in alignment with your core values and you clearly know what they are, and I have a, um, a card sort for this with like a hundred different core values on them. And you, you narrow it down to your top seven to 10. When you have those clearly identified and you're aligned with them, then you are fulfilled on your journey to achieving your goals. And it's much easier to align with your purpose in life. And so it starts internally to figure out what your purpose is. It starts with looking inward, stop looking at everything else around you, stop asking people, stop looking at what other people are doing, stop looking at their Mm -hmm. success, thinking, oh, I want that. So maybe what they're doing is my purpose. And look internally and look at the times in your life when you have felt the most fulfilled or the happiest or um, the most aligned with, with who you really are, and then start to identify what those core values are. And the more that you're aligned with them, the more you just start moving toward your purpose. Mm, I love it. That is such a good suggestion and a good place to start because then you're in alignment. There's this saying, you want to make sure you're climbing the right ladder. It's like, you don't want to get to the top of the mountain and realize like, oh shoot, I was supposed to climb that mountain. It's like figure it out from the beginning so that at least everything you're doing is in alignment. And when you get to the top, you know, you're on track. Yeah. I like the idea of sledding down the mountain, right? Instead of of working so hard, right? I'm so against hustling and grinding and working hard. Glorifying the hustle. Yeah. I mean, my whole brand is flowing, right? And, um, and I just, I've experienced it myself. I've seen it in my clients' lives that you don't have to work hard to make things happen. When you're aligned with yourself and your purpose and you let go of the how and you just have the, like the big picture vision for yourself, you don't have to work hard at all and you will work and you will take action, but it won't feel like you're draining your energy and having to force things. I love that. So another thing I want to ask you about, um, because we did mention a second ago, it's like the opinions of other people and family and different things. I kind of want to steer the conversation towards, because when you start doing this inner work and you start following your own path, often you realize that some of the relationships in your life 
may not serve you. So I kind of want to go into the topic of toxic relationships. Yeah. Um, first off, can you explain what is a toxic relationship? You know, I think that I probably have a different view than most people on toxic relationships. A lot of times when people talk about toxic relationships, they are pointing blame at the other person in the relationship saying that that person is toxic, right? And not always, but a lot of time that is the assumption, you know, like when I look at past relationships and before I've I'd done my personal work, I would have viewed them as toxic, but it it would have been blaming the other person, right? Like that mm-hmm. person was so toxic in my life and so I needed to get out. And the reality is is that in our relationships those people are reflecting back to us parts of us, right? And so when we're not dealing with those parts of ourselves, then that's when the relationships become toxic. And that's when they hurt us because we continue to blame things outside of ourselves, blame the other person, blame the circumstances, rather than taking responsibility for our experience. So then with it, what point does it come like where you take personal responsibility and you say, okay, I'm going to walk away or create a boundary or like, how do you navigate? Yeah, because, and I will say that sometimes there are, I don't have the view that there's anybody who is bad or, I mean, there are some like, you know, people out there that are really, um, I wouldn't say, I would just say that they're very, very out of alignment, right? Because I truly have the belief that we all come here to this planet with pure souls mm-hmm. and with high vibrations and we are just love mm-hmm. and everything else is learned, right? But I truly have the belief that everybody is just different and sometimes our energies don't match up with other people's energies. And so I never recommend you know, staying in a relationship that isn't, or a relationship or a friendship that is draining you of your energy. Um, but I love the quote from Abraham Hicks. She, she talks about, or they, um, the spirit collective <laughs> says you can leave, but you bring you with you. Mm. And when you start to see these patterns in your life and it might not look exactly the same. The same word might not be said by the other person, but when you start to see that in these different relationships, you're having the same feeling, right? It might look different. You might, um, so for example, let's say that you have a feeling of feeling unimportant. So it might look different. You might feel that in your relationship because your partner doesn't put aside time to really spend quality time with you. Um, And then you might find that in your friendships where your friends maybe do spend quality time with you, but sometimes they don't invite you to things that they're doing with other friends, right? So it can look different across different relationships. But what you got to look at is that same core feeling that you're having. And then start to recognize, okay, well, maybe I'm the common denominator here, you know, and this is hard. It's so hard to take responsibility 
for these, you know, quote unquote, toxic relationships that you have in your life. I like to call them, um, you know, relationships with uneven exchanges of energy. Love that. And when you are having those over and over again, you've got to start looking at like, okay, what am I putting out there? Obviously I'm creating this. Like I said, it is hard, but when you do it and you take that responsibility, it is so freeing and empowering because mm-hmm. suddenly you can do something about it. You don't have to be wait. a victim. Right. You don't have and you don't have to wait for the right person, you know, significant other to come along um and to find you and save you. Or and you don't have to wait for the right friends to come along. You can be active about it and you can create that in your life. You know, it's a, it doesn't have to be just a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences, Um, (laughs) but you can start really empowering yourself to make changes. And when you make those internal changes, oh my gosh, you immediately start to attract people into your life who have you have those even exchanges of energy with, and it, it is so much more fulfilling in the long run. I experienced this with, you know, previous boyfriends before I got married. I even experienced it in my marriage. We've come a long way. Um, but the video that I made that you, that you saw, um, and that made you request this, uh, it's on your Instagram. Anybody can go check it out. (laughs) Um, that came up because it had been a pattern talking with a few of my friends with friendships and, people um, feeling like they weren't as much of a priority as their friends were to them and feeling like there were just those uneven exchanges of energy. And having those conversations made me realize like, wow, I actually have come very far from that because I used to just be miserable in my friendships and be a victim in my friendships. And it made me realize like, oh, wow. I've completely turned around and I have so many fulfilling friendships now. So I can talk a little bit more about that if you want me to, but I feel like I just keep blabbing. No, it's great. By myself <laughs> all day. <laughs> keep going. I'm enjoying it. Like it's really, really good. And it's interesting. Like what's coming to mind for me is like, I'm thinking about two different types of patterns. And I don't know if I can like put this into um, two different types. One is the relationship or the people who are constantly feeling like they're being walked all over and sort of mm-hmm. people please and don't have boundaries. And then the other one that I'm thinking are the people who have such a fortress around their heart that there's these walls that they never really let anybody in. Like when I yeah. think about relationships, like those are the extremes that I'm thinking about. It's like the people who are walked all over and then the people who let nobody in. So yeah. what do you have to say about those two people? Yeah. So... I, and, you know, it's, it is interesting and there are things in between, but those definitely are two extremes. Um, I know plenty of people who get walked all over and it's because they are so empathetic, they're empaths, they are caring, but they treat it like it's a virtue to mm-hmm. just be giving away their energy all the time. I know people like that and I've had clients like that who just don't protect their energy at all and they don't say no ever and they do things for others in a way that they end up sacrificing themselves. And I used to do that plenty 
and it's not sustainable and it's not fulfilling in the long run. And you end up resenting those people and you end up resenting people around you who still have their own energy because they're not giving it up. (laughs) And it's just pretty miserable, you know, and, um, and it definitely puts you in a, in a victim stance because a lot of times when you're treating it like it's a virtue, you are putting yourself kind of like on this pedestal. And at the same time, you're just really unhappy. Right. And Mm. so, um, with those kinds of relationships, you know, I've worked with people on that and you can give to other people still while protecting your energy. You know, it's not one or the other. It's not like, let me just do things for others, um, or do nothing to help others. So what do you do? Like if someone's in that and they recognize themselves in this conversation, what would you suggest to her to do? Yeah. So you've got to start to learn how to say no. First of all, saying no, doesn't make you a bitch. Okay. Like it doesn't (laughs) make you a bad person saying no makes you a person who honors yourself And you can say no in a way that is so respectful and loving toward another person, right? Mm -hmm. But saying yes to everything and doing everything for other people, first of all, it doesn't help them either, right? Totally. It is uh, causing them to rely on you and it creates this one-way energy exchange. Now, I had these relationships because when I was younger... Um, well, I've had a, it's actually interesting because I was just reading about this yesterday. There's substance abuse in my family. And when you're raised by someone who has substance abuse, um, one of the things, one of the qualities that the children end up having is that they, they just give to everything to people who they think that they are trying to fix, right? So they like Mm -hmm. pour all their energy into relationships of people who need their help. And so I definitely identify that. And I already recognized it years ago that, I mean, some of my best friendships were based on them being in some sort of painful emotional state and me swooping in and trying to be their savior. Savior, yeah. And I would just invest so much time and energy and emotion into saving them. And when they wouldn't do what I was telling them to do, then, (laughs) then, uh, you know, I was frustrated. I felt helpless and powerless and it was exhausting. I mean, those friendships were exhausting. And so I finally got to a point in my life where I learned, I mean, I did have to cut some people out, unfortunately, because sometimes when you have a relationship that is so, it's just, that's the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. In order to move on and create different kinds of relationships, you have to just cut those ones loose, right? Yeah. And it doesn't make the other person a bad person. Like those people weren't bad. We just had this dynamic that wasn't sustainable and fulfilling in the long run. So to answer your question with what you do in those situations, um, learn how to say no, learn how to understand, like when you leave a conversation with somebody or spending time with somebody and you're drained, then that's kind of a red flag that maybe there's an uneven exchange of energy there, right? Mm -hmm. And that you are 
are pouring your energy into trying to make something happen with them. And then you have to start doing the internal work of protecting yourself, pulling back on giving that energy away so easily and doing things to replenish your energy, right? Like that's where this whole self-care movement comes in, doing things for yourself to replenish yourself Mm -hmm. because nobody can help anybody else in the world by depleting their energy and giving it away. Totally. Right. Totally. So let's go to the other case scenario, the other extreme now for the person who has such a fortress around anything and keeps people like arms like really far away. Um, what would you say for someone who has that pattern that keeps coming up in their life? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of generalize with all of this. It's hard to generalize. Um, but because that can happen for so many reasons, right? Like you can put up a wall because you've been hurt, because you've had, you know, traumatic experiences, um, or because I don't, maybe you're looking for like a very specific kind of relationship. And until you feel like a person is, is that person, you don't want to let them in. Usually it stems from fear, right? Of being hurt. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I get that. I've been in that position too of trying to protect myself. Um, But in the long run, that also makes you miserable because you aren't having those connections with people that we all need as humans, you know? Um, And I've also been on the other side of that, of people who won't let me in, family members who won't let me in. Um, And it's painful for, for everybody. And so the the thing that I always say is the best thing that you can do for yourself is to become more comfortable with the inevitable discomfort that you will experience in life. Hmm. And that discomfort is, is heartbreak, is betrayal, is sadness, is, you know, all of these, these painful emotions, you will not get through life without having those emotions. And we run from them so much and we put up these walls and these barriers to try to protect ourselves. And in the meantime, those walls are just keeping us in a jail of our own making. Mm. And we're just keeping ourselves trapped in this misery. And so it takes some time and some effort. And I always suggest doing, you know, the things that you need to do to heal, whether it's doing like body work, because, you know, the body remembers trauma and pain and, and, um, hurt and so somatic work of releasing. Yeah. The body stores it like your body. And that's like a lot of time illness or stress or things it will manifest from like that stuck emotion and energy in the body. Yep. Yeah. And when it's been there for a long time, like I was just recently experiencing this literally, if I'm being honest, it was yesterday. So (laughs) (laughs) very recent. Okay. So, you know, Um, there was a situation and I don't want to like throw people under the bus, but there's a situation very close to me with substance abuse. And I had intellectually processed the shit out of it, right? Like I have done what I need to do mentally with it. Um, and I was actually really good at convincing myself that I was good. And then when this thing came up, with the substance abuse happening again, 
I was so deeply and intensely affected by it um, and very easily affected by it that I just realized, wow, like my body is hanging on to this. And there's no really way to like seek that out. It's just when it happens, when it comes up, then you need the tools to know how to effectively process it. And that's how you let it go. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's the thing that I teach is it's very somatic for processing your emotions and opening up to them and accepting them and fully feeling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't go and seek it out. You can't force it to come up. There's no way that I would have been able to go and find these emotions, right? Like something no. have to come up sometimes, but when they do, if you continue to run from those feelings and push them back down, uh, the next time that they come up, it's going to be so much more intense and it will just keep building those walls mm-hmm. to people, right? Because the more that you push the feelings down, the more you want to like build walls to keep everything out that's going to trigger them. And it's just not possible. So you've got to be just more open to accepting that pain and fully feeling it. And the thing is, is that when you fully feel your emotions as they come up, they don't kill you, but we act like they will, you know, and they actually don't get bigger. And I think that's a fear that people have is like, if I open up to this and I let myself feel this, it's just going to get bigger and it's going to take over and I won't be able to handle it. And the opposite is true. The more you push it down and avoid it and run away from it and try to distract yourself, that is when it actually can kill you because it creates stress in your body and that turns on your genes for uh, disease. That's what makes you sick. And that's exactly it. It's what will make you sick. And you don't realize it, but that's where you know, whatever the illness is, the cancer, you know, the like diabetes, whatever it is that it comes up. It's like, it's from that imbalance. Yeah. We all have the ability to get cancer, to get like whatever disease, you know, we all have that and uh, that ability. And it is triggered by holding these emotions in our body. And so, you know, the thing is, is that our emotions are felt in our bodies, they can't get bigger than us, but we act mm-hmm. like they're these huge monsters that are coming to, you know, to get us and they truly can't get bigger than us. And the way that I usually describe it is uh, if you think of like a little kid who wants your attention, if you ignore them, like they want to tell you something and you're just ignoring them, they get louder and louder and louder until you give them some attention, right? And finally, when you do, they tell you the thing and then they're off and it's fine. And that's the same thing with our emotions. They just want to be acknowledged. They want some space to be felt and to be, you know, understood. And then they simmer down and Mm -hmm. they will never break you you Mm -hmm. if you are opening up to them. I love it. I love this entire message. It's just so full circle to the, you know, the fear as well. It's like when you embrace fear, when you embrace these difficult emotions. It's like all of a sudden you can get through them and you're like, it's not that bad. It's like bringing these fragmented pieces of yourself back to yourself and realizing that it's all okay. Yeah. And then when you do that over time, you know, when you've been repressing things for a long time and then you start to learn these skills, like I said, you can't go and necessarily find those hidden emotions. Like things have to come up for you to uncover them. 
But from this point forward, the emotions that come up, if you open up and process them, then they won't keep building and building, building under the surface, right? On top of those mm-hmm. other ones that you have from childhood or whatever. And eventually those ones from years back will come up and you can open up to those and fully feel those. And I can tell you yesterday, I cried all day. Mm-hmm. I just sobbed all day. Mm-hmm. And today I feel so much lighter because I just mm-hmm. went in and I just felt all of it, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes you can't even put words to it and yeah. you don't need to, like, you don't need to name it. You don't need to understand why you're feeling the emotion. You just have to go into your body and feel it. Let it be. Um, yeah. And so when you do that and you become more comfortable with those uncomfortable emotions, your walls start coming down a little bit and it's scary. I'm not going to deny that that is scary. It's scary to be vulnerable. But the other side of vulnerable is connection and love and gratitude and peace and self-growth and enlightenment and you know all of that stuff. And so you start to find those people in your life, you start to invite those people into your life when you become more vulnerable and and start vibrating at that higher um, frequency. That's when those people start coming into your life that match that. And yeah, you'll get hurt again. There will be times that you get hurt, but it's mainly because of the stories you tell yourself about what they're doing, uh, what it means Mm -hmm. rather than what they're actually doing. It's so beautiful. It's so liberating. Like even just the thought of going through that process goes from like, like you had said earlier, it's like being in your own jail to like actually having the key to freedom is through doing yeah. this work. Yeah. And you are the only person who has that key, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got you, it, like you've got it, you've got the key right there. You do. And that's, and that's the thing is like, I just, that's how I view everybody is you have the power. Like if you have all these relationships that are unfulfilling in your life or you keep having a significant other after significant other who is, you know, quote unquote toxic or not matching your energy and, or even just other situations. I mean, unfulfilling jobs, um, problems getting pregnant, like all of that stuff. You know, I've, I'm just naming things that I've been through, sexual abuse. You have the key inside of you to healing that. And you have the key to creating the life that you want. Nobody else can do that for you. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, if you're looking for that one person who will change your life, look in the mirror Mm -hmm. because nobody Mm -hmm. else is going to do it for you. The Mm -hmm. only, and it's funny because as I say that, I'm like, well, I'm claiming in my boot camp that I do it for you, but I'm actually not. You just need the tools and the techniques sometimes. Right. And we're not taught those things. And so that's when others can definitely help us. But I've had client after client who have come to me wanting me to wave some magic wand and just fix them without wanting to do the work. You've got to do the inner work. But I find with coaches, like what you can do is you can hold the reflection of their truth. So like as a coach, you hold the reflection that you know that they are love. You know that they are abundance. You know that they are free. And when you can hold that mirror up to them through the container of whatever the coaching modality is, it's like they can see themselves long enough through that and it sort of helps energetically hold their hand as they take the steps through. Yeah. And they have to be 
they like you can preach all day to somebody what you think their problem is, but if they don't figure it out for themselves, yeah, nothing's gonna (laughs) nothing's gonna help that, you know. And there's the stages of change also um, that people have to be ready. There's five stages of change. I won't go through all of them. You can look it up. You can Google it. But I had an internship. I actually worked with male sex offenders. And yeah. And so I really got into the stages of change and it applies to everything because they would go from the stage where they didn't even realize that there was a problem or like maybe they kind of did. And when they were caught, they were forced into taking action. And there was so much resistance because they hadn't gone through the steps that they needed to, to try to make the change. Mm-hmm. And this ties into toxic relationships too, because we so often try to force other people to change, to please us. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, I still get caught up in this sometimes with my husband. And even like while I'm arguing, I'm like, oh, come on, Allison, like you're trying to force him to change. But then I have this stubborn streak where like I want to win and <laughs> and I've come very far with it. Uh, but he's the same way. So we like, but anyway, um, you know, you can't, that is a hugely draining on your energy is when you are trying to force somebody else to change or you're waiting for them to change. and. In the meantime, you're unhappy. Another quote that I saw recently was Glennon Doyle. And she said, remember, you're dating their reality, not their potential. Mm. And and I love that because so often we're just trying to, we see the potential in people and that's a beautiful thing. Like we know that we all have this incredible potential and we try to force each other into it. And God, I'm just like full of quotes today. But another one of my favorite ones is from Sadeem Zeeland, the reality transurfing that I mentioned earlier. Um, but he says, be yourself and let others be themselves. And that's something mm-hmm. that I've really started trying to work on because that right there is you protecting your energy. Be yourself and just allow other people to be themselves. And the only way that you're going to change people is just through pure influence. And that's by you doing things for yourself, being in alignment with yourself, doing things because it fills your cup. And then if somebody's going to change, it will be an accident on your part. Mm-hmm. And it will never be because you're trying to get them to change. And it'll be because they see your light and they want that light in themselves as well. Hmm. That's beautiful. It's sort of be the change too. It's like Gandhi, mm-hmm. you know, comes yeah. full circle to that, right? Yeah. Like it's like all the quote. You guys are just like bombarded with like amazing quotes today. I honestly, until this moment, didn't realize that I had so many quotes <laughs> swimming around in my head. <laughs> but it's so I mean, there's such like words of wisdom, timeless wisdom for a reason. And when you you get it in a context like this conversation, you can weave these things. So they make so much sense. Like it's such a beautiful and simple way to look at reality. Like that last quote you just said, like, just be yourself and allow everyone else to be themselves too. Done. It's so simple. It is. It's so simple. And at the same time, I want to sometimes just kick my husband in the balls because he's not doing what I want him to do. You know, (laughs) like, Fair enough. You're human, right? This is the 3D human experience. Exactly. You're like, why won't my friend do that thing that I know she should do to, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, yes, we're human, 
but we're always going to like kind of get into those traps. Sometimes we want to quote fix people because we want them to have fulfilling lives, you know, and we want fulfilling lives. And sometimes we get caught up in like, but you have to change so I can be happy. (laughs) And yeah, right. um, But it's all out of, it's out of love that we want to do it. But the best thing you can do is love people where they are, let them be who they are, do their thing. Even if sometimes you perceive it as something that hurts you, you know, I get caught up in that too. Like somebody uses a tone with me. I'm like, you know, especially my husband, like, do you have to use that tone with me? Can you not use that tone with me? (laughs) It's like the times that I'm able to just observe it with curiosity and let Mm -hmm. it go Mm -hmm. are the most fulfilling times for me. And they're the ones that I walk away from with pride and with my energy still intact. Intact. Totally. It reminds me of Vipassana meditation. I don't know if you've ever done Vipassana, the 10 day silent meditation. I have not been to it because once I heard of it, I have two kids, but I have friends that have gone to it. But when you go through that intense experience, it's like you have to sit there with whatever sensation your body is physically releasing in the time and observe it without judgment and sit through it. And eventually the sensation, whether it's pain, whether it's heat, whether it's you know density, like whether it's an ache, whatever it is, yeah. it eventually moves away, but it only moves away when you let go of the attachment to the pain. And it's like such a experiential. Yeah. It's the conversation we're having in the context and the experience of you in your own body. And it's just, it's, there's so much truth reflected from that experience to the rest of the world Yeah, that it's like, it's truth in that. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's the letting go and letting go and finding flow. (laughs) There you go. Oh my gosh, I work that oh into God. everything. My daughter, anytime I say like let go or whatever, she goes and find flow. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you are my little ambassador. <laughs> amazing. Well, on that note, my dear, this is such an amazing conversation. Thank you so oh, much. I love these just high vibe conversations, and I love your podcast. I've been listening to it now that I know about it. Oh, and, thank you. You know, it's just hard to find these these podcasts that are like truly about your inner work and, and just about like your soul's journey. And I just think it's amazing what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. You know what? It's the same thing. It's the reflection, right? Like this conversation ties in everything that I believe and that I know to be true. And I love that it went where it went today because this is the truth, guys. It's really in a like a nice like gift wrapped whatever conversation. There's just so much like within it. So thank you. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you for having me on here. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you or, you know, do one of your future boot camps? I know you've got the one this fall, but you'll probably do another one virtual or in the spring. Yeah. So actually, um, I have a few things. My website is letgoandfindflow.com. So I actually have an evergreen boot camp. So it's a self-paced online boot camp. I recorded all of the videos professionally. There's six modules. They take an average of 40 minutes a week. And it starts with the letting go process with the thoughts, emotions, and then moves into aligning with your authentic self, learning how to be in the present moment. Most people want to be more mindful, but they don't know how and moving into creating your reality. And so that is available at any time for anyone to sign up. And I actually have a code for your listeners um, to get a hundred dollars off. So 
The code is, I think it's be beautiful. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll include it in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. And you can apply it to either the one-time payment or you can also apply it to the three-month payment plan. So the, Amazing. the first month would just be $25 then. And then, yes, I'm also doing live versions of the boot camp, which will be the content that I have in the self-paced boot camp, but also people will have the opportunity to speak with me one-on-one in front of the group and really kind of dive into their problems. And then I also have the authenticity card sort that I mentioned on there. Mm -hmm. You can purchase that on its own to figure out your core values and for Instagram, you can find me. It's A-L-I-S-O-N, Allison underscore rep, R-E-P-P. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash let go and find flow. Okay. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you. There you go. That was this week's episode. What did you guys think? I found it to be such an insightful and refreshing conversation, especially with the energetic imbalances or perspectives towards toxic, quote-unquote, relationships. So Allison definitely knows her stuff. She is a wise, wise woman with lots of experience in this space. So definitely go reach out to her, follow her on Instagram. And if you wanted to join her self-paced bootcamp, use the code BEAUTIFUL, exactly as it's spelled in the podcast, B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L, and you are going to get $300 off. Um, your one-time payment there. So a little gift just for you for tuning in to this episode. This is what we like to do because we really appreciate your support. So again, thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and if you love the podcast in general, we would really appreciate it to hear from you. Take this moment, even while you're listening, to scroll to the bottom of your podcast page and leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you love. We would totally appreciate it. It really helps with the algorithm. And honestly, I say this all the time, but it seriously makes my week when I get to see what you guys think and what you love about the podcast. So on that note, next week we have another inspiring episode. So if you haven't already, go subscribe and even share this episode. If there's somebody that comes to mind that you think this episode could serve, pay it forward, pass it to a friend, and then come back here next week because like I said, we've got another good one. And until then, keep being you, be beautiful.